0: Google wants their data, but they want to take care of you. And if you don't show Google that you are going to take care of people, they're going to go to the next person. And so a monthly campaign or biweekly or whatever it is, is going to keep you top of mind of Google as well as show Google that you are active and staying relevant.
1: How do you grow and scale your business while avoiding entrepreneur poverty? Hi, I'm Buzz, and I've spent over 20 years marketing for entrepreneurs just like you. I've learned there's no one secret to success, but a series of strategies to help business owners scale at will. On this podcast, we uncover invaluable insights that successful entrepreneurs and industry experts use to profitably scale businesses. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. How many times have you heard about this thing called search engine optimization or SEO? I have personally lived and breathed SEO for the last 17 years because it's one of the core elements of my marketing strategy for clients. But when we start talking about SEO, we start to hear about different flavors like on-site optimization and off-site and off-page SEO or citations and backlink building. It's enough to make your head spin, right? I think I'm going to have to create a limited series dedicated to all the elements that go into SEO. But for today, we are diving into a tactic that helps off-page SEO. It's called public relations marketing. And it's something that in itself can bewilder even the most veteran entrepreneur. So to help me break it down is Stephen Lentz, a former firefighter who now helps businesses with their online presence and showing up organically. Using the magic of public relations marketing.
0: Welcome to the show, Stephen. Awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being here.
1: No worries. So before the show, we had some power outages because you now live in a—is it a <laughs> farmhouse or is it a barn house?
0: It's uh, it's an old farmhouse. It's on five acres in little the middle of farmhouse.
1: nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. At north so of Paradise has been a. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's east. <laughs> little, little
0: more east of, Yeah. It's away. There we go. It's, it's out there.
1: I actually lived when I was very young. I lived in Spokane, Washington, which is on the other side of the state. Um, And that's where my sister was born. Gorgeous space there. Friends in Seattle love the area there. You can have the politics. So that's all you guys. That's beautiful stuff there. But uh, so that's why we have uh, Stephen is not in a formal studio or anything like that. He's made time for us to, to break this down from his home, out in the middle of nowhere.
0: Using my phone because my internet's
1: out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So for the ones who don't know, what exactly is public relations marketing? Like, Break it down into layman's terms for us.
0: Yeah, I think the easiest way to think about public relations marketing is using the existing media outlets that are out there to get your message out. So that's your Yahoo and your Bloomberg and your Fox and your CNN having someone else that is an authority presence in the media space, talking about your business and the simplest terms that would be public relations marketing.
1: Love it. So let's get some examples out there for you. Um, when I was first starting my business, I loved to try to get on the radio because the first rendition of my company was a recording studio. So I felt like people listening to music are usually musicians as well. And musicians always need to, you know, get recording done. Right. So I've made friends with or I had friends actually already that were DJs for morning shows. So would you consider just getting on a, a radio show in the morning, a part of public relations?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think any leverage that you can use, that's not yourself patting yourself on the back is a form of PR. Mm-hmm. Right? Putting yourself oh, yeah, in a positive sure. light in a different medium outlook is you know the goal. And mm-hmm. more successful and less successful places to put yourself. But at the end of the day, it's our version is... Positive light, different outlet, not your audience.
1: Right. Okay, so when you say not your audience, what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, so I'm assuming right? most of your listeners are entrepreneurs or business owners and they have some sort of Uh business savvy. Your audience is your email list, right? your Facebook group, the people that you are connected into, that you're pointing to, that are connected to you, that know you, that like you, that trust you. My audience is not CNN, but I post on CNN and talk to their audience all the time. So your audience is your own group, your network.
1: Yeah, we break that. Uh, yeah, Buzzworthy, we we talk about the owned, we, the rented, and the earned. And so public relations is earned media. And so you're earning the right to be in front of an audience mm-hmm. or rented. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. you can rent public relations um, as far as press releases and stuff like that. Like online press releases, that's what you're talking about?
0: Yep, Yeah. absolutely.
1: Awesome. Okay, but I also feel like it's the creative ways of doing things too. Not always like people think about press releases and they think, oh, there, there something has to happen in my company to have a press release. Would you agree with that?
0: No, not at all. So I don't know if we're gonna get into this later. and like my my goal isn't to make this like a pitch about what I do, but that is an important aspect of what I do with offload traffic. Like we use press releases, news articles, blog posts, audio, video, infographics, slideshows, like all these different mediums targeting hundreds of different media sites. Right? So it's not mm-hmm. just Yahoo saying something about you, but it's also YouTube and it's CNN and their affiliates and it's Fox's affiliates and it's Bloomberg. And it's all these different people doing these press releases and these news articles and like all of these tie together. I know we'll get into mm-hmm. it later with like actual items. And stuff. I'm jumping ahead here. My, my mind is like a crazy tree. <laughs> I go every direction <laughs> yeah. every other time. But the press release thing that gets me and it's just, it drives me mad as I see businesses do press releases and it does nothing for mm-hmm. them. It's like, we made you a know, million dollars for shareholders, press release. And it's like, wow, that has no searchable value. <laughs> right. right? Like why, why did you flush $700 yeah. down the drain to get that on Yahoo? Like That doesn't make any sense. So right. you don't have to be newsworthy to have a press release. You have to be intentional to have a press release. And mm-hmm. press releases are a core aspect of the market that we employ. But the reason that we use them is because they're very SEO oriented. This is why I say it's SEO or PR meets SEO. Because PR right. itself is nice, but if it doesn't have any SEO element to it, you're just flushing money down the drain. Right. So when you make a press release instead of being like shareholders make millions of dollars for a business, it's, you know, teeth whitening specialists in Florida expanding services for elderly patients and Medicaid. Right. Like these are search yeah. terms that people are using to find your business. Mm-hmm. And so right. do you want me to just like dive into the, the Google rant. Yeah, why don't we, start, why why don't we talk a, about
1: how the public relations marketing helps the off-site SEO?
0: So, okay, my whole thing is off-site SEO. Right? Like I don't need access. I don't want access. I don't have access to any of my client sites. I don't do anything on-site. Everything is off-site. It's all content, third-party hosted and placed. The reason we do that is because if you have two businesses, right? Dr. A and Dr. B. And they have both have a website. And they both say, Hey, I'm really great. right? I'm going to pat myself on the back. We, we all know it. I go to my website, I'm going to say I'm great. I to your site, you say you're great. So how does Google differentiate? But if I have 50 mm-hmm. pieces of content that say, hey, check out Steven, he does a good job. I'm much more credible than my competitor, right? And so this is like the power of press releases that Google doesn't know, right? So how does Google figure it out? Mm-hmm. And it says, okay, well, who's talking about you? And we're going to rewind mm-hmm. to the dawn of time in the internet of what I call the Google trust bias. Yeah, so when Google mm-hmm. came out and you go to Google and say, hey, Google, how many bugs are in Africa? Google would say, here's five websites that will tell you how many bugs are in Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Here they are. Here's mm-hmm. my best guess of who's going to answer your question correctly. With social media and the understanding that data is everything now, this has changed. Google's main priority is still to give you value, but they're trying to gather data. And so there's a thing called the zero click in that you go to Google, Google answers your question, and you never leave Google, right? 50% of traffic doesn't proceed further. Right? Google answers it. So I mm-hmm. say, hey, Google, when did the queen die? Google's going to tell me. queen died this day, this year, this month, and it'll be drop-down boxes. Do you want to know where Princess Diana lived? Do you want to know how old Prince Henry is? Do you want to... Like, Google is trying to gather my data. Aside from that, we all know that Google still wants to answer my question as appropriately as possible. Right? If it doesn't, we'll go to someone else with go so we'll DuckDuckGo or Bing or whoever else. And so organically, Google will say, I think this first result is going to answer your question the best. I think this next result, if that first one doesn't do it, will get you here. And so This is why when you look at pie charts and any other sort of graphs and you say, hey, you know, how does internet search traffic break down? The first organic placement gets about 40% of traffic. The second placement gets somewhere like 20, 30%. The, last, the third gets about 10% and it drops off from there. And no one goes to the second page, right? We redo our search because we assume that Google can't figure out the correct response to the question we asked, right? We trust Google to give us the right data. I'm not saying that paid ads don't work, right? 5%, 3% of all you know billions of mm-hmm. traffic is huge sales.
1: It's the first thing they see. So there's... <laughs> yes, for sure. Right. <laughs>
0: And, and this goes into like increasing your, your pay-per-click then as well, right? So if I'm mm-hmm. running an ad for, let's go back to teeth whitening, right? And I see teeth whitening pop up on my my ads there. I might click it and there's a high chance they'll click back out of it to the main page to see if it matches up to the organic review site, right? Mm-hmm. So if there is a paid ad and then the organically says, Hey, Google, trust me. And you're also paying for yourself. Like this is a legitimate ad. A lot of times mm-hmm. the ads are actually paying for other people's organic sales. Mm-hmm. It's important to match them together, mm-hmm. and it's important to have just the SEO as well. So you can be successful right. without paid ads, just by ranking organically. But that means you have to beat out everyone else in your you know competition to rank there. There's oh. there's only so much mm-hmm. space on that first page, right? But that's that's my rant of the Google trust bias and how that works and why content is important because showing up is really the king.
1: Right, It is 100% and that's why search marketing is the core of where I like to get, especially organic because you can earn that (laughs) from there. I think there's another piece of the off-page SEO that PR does really well that you mentioned was the fact that the websites that you're going after have huge domain authority, meaning that Google trusts these websites tremendously. Um, and it's because they have so many visitors, so many users. And there's something that's called domain authority. It's an umbrella effect. Anybody that the big guy is linking to is basically telling Google, Hey, I, I trust these guys too. And they're cool because we're giving them links. Mm-hmm. And so the more of those big sites that you have, the more Google is going to trust you because you have all these other big, known, trustworthy sites that like you too. Right, yeah. and so I think that's another factor that into that SEO, the public relations, and the specifically the PR or the press release really lend to. Is this something well, that can when I we're- pay you back on
0: that really quick? Oh yeah, go ahead. Google has shifted more and more from like being a computer algorithm that's easy to figure out and becoming more human. And right, but you're familiar with BNI, correct? Business Network International. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Their whole thing is all things being equal, we do business with our friends all things being unequal, we still do business with our friends, right? And it's shift to humanity, if you will, and it's AI that it is, it's these high authority sites, right? They've vetted them over the course of time. And so when I say, hey, check me out, I'm great. My domain authority is, you know, 7, 10, 15, 30, 40, somewhere in there. Google goes, that cool story, bro, I don't care. Well, in Yahoo, with a domain authority of like 92, says, hey, check out Steven, he does a good job taking care of elderly patients and whitening their teeth. Google goes, ah, when someone's searching for elderly teeth whitening patients in Springfield, wherever, I know who to recommend now. Mm-hmm. This is why you make that SEO element into these press releases using these big media places, because that helps Google answer the question. Like the content that we write is geared for human consumption, but humans mm-hmm. are not our end goal. Our end goal is Google. Like, yes, it's nice to you know, have it up on Yahoo, but I'm not there for the Yahoo readers, I'm there, So when someone types in a search, the question, Google says, mm-hmm. Hey, check out Steven. And it lends exactly. that credibility. And there's all these articles that should point to me, but also my website points to me. And then right there's all mm-hmm. this stuff that says, Steven is the authority because it uses the no like and trust of these other sites. Exactly. That's the important piece. Yeah, you get it out on it like
1: I do, man. I love it. I love it. No, it's awesome. So we do that once, right? And, the, and it gets out there. How often do press releases that are SEO driven... You're saying, hey, listen, figure out what keywords your best clients are utilizing to find people like you without knowing who you are. And then have a press release wrapped around that question so that you have a better chance of showing up when they put in that particular question. Is the general rule of thumb then to have press releases span out over a year or a certain amount of time that? touch base with each one of those questions?
0: We recommend a at least monthly campaign of content, okay. right? So it's press mm-hmm. releases, the blog posts, the videos, all the different things, at least making it monthly. Because it's like building a house or planting a tree, right? You build a house mm-hmm. and you finish it, right? You made your website, but you never put anyone in there. You never get renters. You never live in it yourself. What happens to it? It will go derelict, right? You might get some mm-hmm. spotters in there. It'll eventually burn down or something will happen to it. And it's the same thing with your Google visibility, right? Like You can make a nice site. But again, going back to what Google wants, Google wants to give the best value to its user base. And so if you don't Mm -hmm. ever show Google that this is active and living and like growing, this is what the press release does, is saying, hey, check out this business. They're doing this job. They're doing it well. They're expanding their services. They're increasing their locations. They're active in their community. If you go to them, they will serve you well. Right? If mm-hmm. Google doesn't see that, Google goes, why would I send someone to this page? I don't know if they're going to take care of my people. And they'll find, right. again, going, who answers the question appropriately? Who can I trust to take care of them? Right? Google wants their data, but they want to take care of you. And if you don't show right. Google that you are going to take care of people, they're going to go to the next person. And so a monthly campaign or biweekly or whatever it is, is going to keep you top of mind of Google as well as show Google that you are active and staying relevant.
1: Exactly. <laughs> now, the reason for that, is that even though they're the the gorilla, you know, they're the 10,000 pound gorilla in the room, they're still competing against other search engines. And mm-hmm. the reason they are as big as they are, I mean they have 92% of all search traffic when you take into account YouTube and the Google search and their extended search display and all the other things. But the reason that they have to keep doing that is if they don't, somebody else will. They have to be the ones that give you the most relevant, right? And there's a couple of things that you brought up earlier was the fact that we have different types of searches. We have informational searches for people who are just looking for when was Queen Elizabeth born versus a commercial intent where it's like, hey, where do I go to get my teeth whitened? Which is your example there. That's why that's so important to the SEO factor. So say somebody's like, oh, wow, Stephen, this is awesome. I think I want to take a look at public relations for my marketing mix. What are the first steps our listeners should be doing in this coming week if they're considering adding the PR to their marketing mix?
0: First off, you get what you pay for. PR in itself is not necessarily cheap. And there's a lot of people who go to Fire mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, I can get you on you know Yahoo for $700. And it's like, well, that's cool. <laughs> but take in mind that like that's one time for this one thing. That's all you're getting. It's hard to give like, a really good recommendation without like patting myself on the back. <laughs> 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 like, you should use my services. Well, what it about do a really
1: non-paid? Well? What about a first step in a non-paid?
0: I love that. Thank you. So you have your own blog, or you have your own whatever it is. The first step that you want to do is going back to what I said before about being relevant in SEO searching and being very specific. Right? Everyone thinks like, oh, I should be best dentist LA. Well, no one's typing in best dentist LA. Google's going to tell you, hey, that's sort of like super high competitive. It's going to be you know really expensive to get these clicks and stuff. Like You want to be best dentist. Google wants your money. Right? They're going to give you skewed data. But that's not how people search. You have to understand the philosophy and theory of client interaction with seeking services and products. And it's hyper-specific because... And I'm going to go to Seattle because I don't know the LA boroughs and stuff. But I'm not, again, best dentist or best lawyer in Seattle. I'm going to go, you know, teeth whitening in Ballard, which is a sub neighborhood of Seattle, because I don't want to drive two hours to go across the city, right? I'm looking for my service. I'm looking for the product. I'm looking for my locale. Like, these are all important to me. Mm -hmm. And so when you create content, you need to be specific. You do weight loss, cool. Talk about, you know, the very specific questions that people are going to be typing into Google. You service people regularly for different things. I'm sure that if you thought about it, you'd come up with like seven to 10 frequently asked questions. Right? Mm-hmm. Guaranteed, they're going to Google with that question. Right? Make your content capture those keywords and address that problem because that's what Google is looking mm-hmm. for. Google's looking to match up questions and answers, and if you can be very specific, you weed out ninety-five percent competition because the ninety-five percent of competition is how to sleep better at night, and they're not saying you know for this cause of gingivitis for my front two teeth. This is the, like that's how granular you need to get. So regardless of what you do. Get granular, get specific, because that is going to give you the best results.
1: Awesome. Have you ever played around with the local media to help with that? Because I mean, each of our local media outlets, wherever we live, has a website as well, right? Are there tips or any tricks of getting your story onto their website on the local level?
0: Uh, I generally don't reach out and try to find the local level for each of my clients just because Mm -hmm. it... For what I'm already doing and the outlets I'm already using, it's not—it's mm-hmm. uh, not a good use of their money, right? I have to mm-hmm. charge, I have to pay for the placement and you know the spot. Mm-hmm. It's not a paid ad; it is organic content, but I'm still paying to be on their site. Right. Um, it's a it's sponsored just not
1: content. What we call it, yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's sponsored content. It's not economical to hunt down all the different local stuff, right? Google doesn't mm-hmm. care that my client in Canada is being mentioned by a U.S. media conglomerate, right? they care about is that Google Chandra and that they're being relevant and specific. And so as long as your page is in English and you know, somewhere that that's how people are going to be searching for you, it doesn't matter as long as you like, find the news places and media outlets that are relevant and that have authority.
1: Okay. All right. Other than sponsored content, is there anything besides blogs? You know, I mean, blogs are owned, right? So we're talking about earned media. Mm -hmm. So is there anything besides the sponsored content that we can point our listeners to to start this journey?
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of YouTube Uh, and the YouTube. So if you made a graph of like YouTube versus TikTok and you have Mm -hmm. the, the screen. <laughs> your yeah. background. For those are not sh- listening, he's drawing things the in the air. <laughs> Trying try to. If you had a graph, right, and it was you know like views and time is your graph, mm-hmm. and so YouTube starts out low of views and ramps up mm-hmm. over time. You're building an asset is high views, low time, and it goes down. And you're just trying to get like that viral content. You're trying to make a splash. Whereas YouTube, you're building an asset that's going to live and live and live. And people are going to continue to discover you and continue to be fed by you. So I prefer the long game. I prefer to be somewhere where you're building an asset. And you're making something that's going to continue on. And people keep coming back and building trust. And YouTube's not going anywhere. TikTok, that may or not may not be here in like a year and a half. Or like, who knows? Right.
1: But or who knows? Yeah. All that aside,
0: YouTube is a great place to start content. And People have shifted. There was a time where it was like hot dogs or legs on a beach, right? So it was an Instagram thing, I think. It would be like a picture, and you'd have to, you try to guess if it was a pair of hot dogs or if someone's legs. And we've moved from <laughs> this idea of perfection into authenticity. So if you listen to Gary Vee, right, he's super authentic. And that's why he has millions and millions of people who follow him and love him because he is 100% genuine all the time. And that's what we as humans especially in this day and age, we are desiring, we're done with the catchy jingles, we're done with like the trickery of marketing. We want someone that's going to connect with us on a human level. And YouTube is a great way to just camera to face, be like, hey, this is my business. Have you re- have you wondered about how to replace your roof? These are the steps that we generally take. These are the things that we look out for. Like You can see this, this patch on the gutter here. This is what it looks like. Thanks for watching my show. And every time that you get on your channel, you drop a specific piece of content. Again, going back to intentionality and specificity. Doesn't have to be sensational. Doesn't have to be. You're not trying to make a viral video. You're trying to provide value. Because at the end of the day, that's how you're going to grow your customer base of loyal customer referrals is that people are going to say, hey, this guy is, he's honest, he's genuine, or she, right? They're providing value. They are authentic and they know what they're talking about. And you build that trust and rapport. And so when they finally need to replace the roof in five years, they go, oh, I know exactly because I've been watching this person for the last you know three years. YouTube is a phenomenal vehicle to get content out there and to grow a lurker audience that will refer you and buy stuff without you ever knowing about them. So what do you think about YouTube? Or
1: maybe just going live on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, it doesn't matter. Just go out there and be you, be authentic, bring value. Like Steven said, and see what happens. You will be astounded on how much return you will get on that investment over time. As always, please make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and be buzzworthy.